It's the Skinny Podcast, only on Local12.com. Now, here's Richard Skinner, joined by Chad Brendel of BearcatJournal.com and Rick Roaring from MusketeerReport.com. Welcome into the Skinny Podcast, the college basketball edition. I'm Richard Skinner, Local12.com digital sports columnist and editor, with Rick Broering from Musketeer Report and back after a week hiatus. Chad Brendel from Bearcat Journal. Um, I, I don't know if you heard. I, I did give you a tribute last week on the I show. Heard, I heard. Okay. I heard. Just making sure. I'm going to give you a tribute right now. You see I, that? I see it. You see it? The listeners can't see it, but they you're can probably num- assume it. You're number one. <laughs> I'll bet I am. I'll <laughs> bet I am. We got a lot of ground to cover. We are the day before uh, college basketball season begins in earnest. Friday, kind of the the new opening. It's like that opening day in baseball. Opening day. This is like the new opening day. That 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 kind of that first Friday. It seems like everybody and their brother plays across the country. It's the best. And yes. it was kind of here, kind of went away because we've had temperatures up and down. But I think it's time Winter to officially season. announce it is quarter zip season. It is. It is. It is. Yeah, skinny. I, I know you're new, pumped about that. I got two that. new ones I'm going to bring in for you guys. All that right. I wear. Yeah, you'll like Nice. Them. All you yeah, fluffy you guys out there. No, not for you. I, I will buy you guys. You know what? I may buy, buy you guys little quarter zips. Are you going to get have Channel 12 commission some skinny podcast quarter zips? I like that idea. We only need three. Yeah. We need six, two apiece. That'd yeah. be sweeter Perfect. than apple butter. I'm going to jot, jot that down as we speak. I like that idea. We'll talk, to, I, I, we'll I talk like to the it. juice on the way out. I like that idea. All right, so we got a lot of ground to cover. We're going to look at the, the season ahead for the UC Bearcats, for the Xavier Musketeers, for the Kentucky Wildcats, for the uh, NKU Norse. We're going to take a stab around the country looking and predicting uh, conference champions. We'll take a stab at a Final Four. We were actually talking about this before we started. It, it is, it's, it's really difficult um, it, it, this year especially because there just isn't a handful of teams you go, Wow. Um, and, and there's a big tier of teams that are kind of the same. So yeah. it's, it's, it'll be tough to take a stab at that. And we got some other stuff to talk about, including shoplifters overseas, um, a, a, a coach who is holier than thou who may have gotten his hand caught in the cookie jar, and more from the doctor of death, Rick Patino. You know, you uh, you didn't, you didn't, we'll get to it, but you didn't call me on my birthday this year, so I might have some information to release on this podcast. <laughs> I could make sure I call anybody that's got anything on me on their birthday. Speaking <laughs> of which, this is totally off the rails, and I'm sorry to go here this early, but I have to know because I've been in the newsroom. We've been talking about it all overnight. Did you see the story about Facebook and what they're doing to combat revenge porn? No, I it, 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 I did see that there was. I didn't see the full story on it. But so, so to answer your question, no, I did not. I, I saw there was something about that, but did not see the full well, story. I'll explain to you very quickly because yes. I got to know your answer on whether you're going to do this or yes. not. Because I know revenge porn is something you're very worried about. Yes, um, they are asking you to send in a picture of your nudes to them. They'll review it, and then if someone else releases it later, like it'll automatically recognize. I guess. Based on like your pieces, so what you're telling it'll, me it'll is it'll automatically recognize it and like keep it from getting out there in Facebook. But the best part is Facebook, who's obsessed with their algorithms and everything's done right. by an algorithm, they're going to have a human person reviewing all these photos. Correct. That that sure. that, 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 that doesn't sound kosher to me. Hey, do you uh, need sorry. my social security number too? While yeah, you're at yeah, it? yeah, yeah. Exactly. No. Freshen up my resume. <laughs> Somebody's going to have that job. There you Although, go. Yeah. It's like official beer taster. So, are you sending yours in? I'm gonna no. I'm gonna pass on that. Yeah, okay, I'm gonna pass right. on that idea. Hey, you play it. Play it fast and loose with revenge porn if you want, buddy. Not me. <laughs> not me. I'm sending in my D picks to Facebook. Yeah. No, you're not. <laughs> and no, we'll see. Okay. Okay. And then all of a sudden, I'll start seeing some stuff out there. I'm, I'm looking forward to that. 
Not, yeah. not a whole lot to see, my man. <laughs> okay. that, that doesn't shock me. That doesn't shock me. All right, let's talk about uh, some college basketball. UC Bearcats open Friday against Savannah State at noon. Probably when some of you may be listening to this, that game will already be over. Yes, that's correct. They're opening at noon. Xavier opens Friday night against Moorhead at home at 7 o'clock. NKU on the same court that UC will be playing on at noon. will be playing East Tennessee State at 7, and Kentucky opens in Rupp Arena against Utah Valley also at 7. UC is the first game in the country. The first Division One, Division One game yeah. in the country. Eastern Michigan play as a Division II team. What time do they play? At 10.30 a.m. Just because they want to be the first? They've been doing that for a few years now where they make it a big deal to be the first, but oh. I'm not counting in it if you're going to play a Division II team. Play Correct. a Division One team and we'll count it. Correct. But and, and that UC game should be wild. Hilarious. Wild. <laughs> wild. Is UC going to score 150 points? Maybe. Have you seen any of the numbers on this I, team? I have. Some of them, yes. Did you see how many threes they shot the, in their two exhibitions? It's absurd. 111. Yeah, absurd. One think game, think about that. The other game, 53. Now, they ain't getting off... They ain't getting off 40 against UC, are I bet they? they do. Really? That's how they play. I think UC would challenge that a little bit more, though. I, I do, too, but they're they're getting shots off, bro. They, they, they forced 31 turnovers in their second exhibition. They forced 31 turnovers. They allowed 98 points and lost. That's crazy. While forcing 31, 31 turnovers. turnovers. I'll, I'll be honest, and I would love this play from Mick. Like you're, you're selling. We're playing faster. We're selling an off-pumbo team. Slow go, it down. No, go out and score 150. Like how hilarious would that be if you see seriously scored like 135 or 140 points? And, and then their selling point game. is, see, we are going to play faster yeah. this year. <laughs> I mean, even though the not, other team made us, you would not have to question that again. The rest of the non-conference Correct. schedule. Correct. Um, what, what, what can we expect from, from UC though tomorrow night and, and um, what, what, or tomorrow afternoon rather and based on, on kind of how things gone in the preseason because um, we mean, didn't get a chance to talk to you off the Bellarmine game we kind of looked at it ourselves yeah I mean if you look I mean they, they worked Bellarmine and Louisville had some problems with them I mean so they're definitely playing faster they're definitely pressing they're, they're up tempo um, they've shot the ball pretty well I, I, I think you know, maybe you look at it, and if there's something to be a little concerned with, it's that Jacob Evans has taken like took five two shots. I think he took two shots against Bellerman, right? He took three against. But but I will say now, now just reading what what actually your guy posted from the game, it, they did play him some at point guard in that game. A little bit in that game, yeah. It would they Kane was in foul trouble, and I think Justin needed a breather, so they bumped him over to the one because he's going to be your third option at the point. No, I think Rick and I were talking. I think it's interesting depending on matchups as the season goes along. Well, and depending on maybe situations, I mean, you want the ball in his hands, right? Yeah. And we talked about this last night when we were on with Lance McAllister. I, I, there would have to be something go really wrong at point guard for him to be playing a lot of minutes at point guard. But I think there's a package where you can you can do that. And and if you think about it, if you put him at say you've got him at point, Jaron Cumberland um, at the two, Keith Williams at the three, and then Clark and and Washington. It's a big team. Six 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 five right. six five six seven six nine. I mean, that's you've got some size, and you know it's kind of interesting because he's he's so efficient, he's so good with the ball in his hands, he doesn't make mistakes, he doesn't really turn it over. He's an interesting like interesting cat to think putting the ball in. Uh, you know what happens if you put the ball in his hands as a facilitator, as an initiator. Um, but I I mean. I think it was more. He got in some early foul trouble in both of those games, and he just wasn't really engaged as like, uh, I need to go out here and right. prove myself to score 25. Um, he did that last year to get himself going into a sophomore season. This year we're seeing Jaron Cumberland do the same thing as he was advancing from that bench sixth-man role into the starting rotation. 
Uh, now Cumberland is experiencing that too, and he was fantastic against Emory Riddle. He he added a step back jumper to his game that, if it's anything like he shot it against Emory Riddle, is deadly. I know we're talking about something that's probably just not going to be a big part of what UC's doing, but I I like the idea of with Jacob Evans. One, he's proven he always wants to make the right play. Like regardless, he's not going to out, go out and hunt shots ever. He always wants to make the right play. But two, in those games when he's not being as aggressive as you'd like, I like the idea of putting the ball yeah. in his hands and say, go make a play for us. Whether it's for you or a teammate, Somebody else, yeah. at least you have to make a play now and have the ball in your hands. Yeah. But again, I understand like that's not something they're going to go out and do in the first however many games. It's It'd be something where, hey, there's a problem and we need it's to switch It's not working. We got we to gotta mix it up. Right? But that's a heck of a fallback plan if you do have to do it well, because you can still put a really good five out on the court. You I know think. what's interesting to me, Rick, about this? Um, if you go back and look at the synergy numbers – from Kane Broom, and I know you've done this, mm-hmm. he was maybe better off the ball than he was on it in some ways. And that's not surprising because he is the talented scorer. Yeah. And turnovers, yeah, I mean, you know. And that's not to say even even if Kane Broom's in a game, you can't play through that's Jacob what Evans, too. I was yeah. just getting yeah. to. Like, mm-hmm. if you can play him some off the ball and play Evans on the ball to get the ball in his hands a little bit more while they're both on the floor, I think that's also something that as this team evolves – Maybe you see some more of that. Well, I mean, Kane Broom is the push factor, right? Yeah. He's the push factor in transition, but that doesn't mean if you're in a half-court circumstance that, that it doesn't go through Jacob Evans to well, get Kane Broom off the, the ball. The other thing that, that Justin Berg, who writes for me on Bearcat Journal, has, has noticed in looking through all the Kane Broom stuff, he was graded as like average to slightly above average in the open court in transition at Sacred Heart. And I'm sure a lot of that was turnovers. Sure. But he in, the, a bunch. in the half-court, he was very good. So he was better in the half court than he was in transition. And a lot of that is being slippery, being able to get to get in the lane. Right. And at Sacred Heart, he had to get the ball up on the rim in all of those situations because he didn't have any help. Where here, you know, you can get to the lane and you've got a cutting Jacob Evans or you've got Gary Clark right there on the weak side. You've got a lot more options right. once you make that defense contract. So, um, I mean, as we've talked about the entire offseason, Kane Broom is going to be either go or not be quite as good as we think they can be i know it's just clips and i know it's exhibition games and it means nothing but i will say the one thing i really liked that i saw about this uc offense is i talked about it last year where i didn't always think it was so much that they needed to push the ball up the court more and get out and score in transition because they can do that they've got guys who do that well It's get across half court, but then run your offense with pace in the half court. And Troy Copain, we talked about so many times, just seemed to grind and really slow things down, and the whole offense was just bogged down in the half court. That's not Kane. Well, and it's not just... It's not Justin Jennifer either. It's not just the point guards, though. It's everyone with the way they're moving the ball. There's a lot of pop to how they're playing. The passes are crisp. Guys are flying through their cuts. The ball's moving three or four times really quickly. They're they're moving the ball around. It is... It, there's a different pace to it. And again, it's it's exhibitions. It's whatever. We'll see how long it goes. But I do think that's more key than it is, hey, they need to get out and run more and press yeah, more. It's play with more pace in the half court. And, and to that, this is something that me and the legend Brian Snow have talked about uh, off the air, off record, that I don't think... So you're going to put him on record now? Well, <laughs> it's not It's not anything bad. Okay. It's. It, I don't think people realize, like BYU looks at this Cincinnati roster and goes, those guys are old. I mean, you're getting 24, 23, 23, 22, 21. I mean, their average age. How many of these guys were on mission trips? Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Their average age, if you take out Trevor Moore, who just turned 18, is like 22 and a half, almost 23 years old. That also goes to what you were just talking about, a little bit more urgency in what they're doing, 
little bit more, you know, speed on their cuts, a little bit more action, because this is an old team that I think kind of senses we've got a chance to do something pretty good, and and we need to take it serious. Yeah, no well, doubt. Well, and it also, I think you brought it up last night when we were talking with Lance, it's also the difference between having to run a bunch of different stuff to get one or two guys open versus having five guys ready yeah. to do something with the ball and all have confidence in each other saying, like, hey, let's move this thing because... The open and- guy's going to hit the shot. Exactly. Yep. All right, let's look at, uh, at UC and, and, and kind of project a, a little bit of a record and, and a seed for them, um, especially in the non-conference. And we talked about this when the schedule first came out, that, that there was that key four-game stretch in the non-conference. It, it, it could be five. Five, if you go to the end of that, that if tournament. You go to I- if it's yeah, Iowa yeah, at the correct. end of that tournament. Yeah. Um, so I'll even go there. So we'll go five. We'll go to the end of that tournament because we'll, we'll think best-case scenario there. Then at Xavier, then Florida on a neutral, then Mississippi State at home, and then at UCLA. That, that five-game stretch defines, without question, what their seed is going to be in all likelihood and, and what, their, what their final record probably will be in all likelihood. Yeah, I, I, think, I think they need to at least go three and two. At least. At least three and two. If you go four and one... You give yourself a little wiggle room in conference to lose a game and, that you probably shouldn't lose. And you're talking, I mean, I, the, the, the thing about that stretch that we've talked about throughout the offseason, neutral, Iowa, Xavier Road, Florida neutral. Yeah, the, then, the, the only home then, game is Mississippi yeah, State. Yeah, and then UCLA Road. At, yeah, at the So house. on your resume, if you get two, even three of those wins. And Mississippi State would be one. I think I'm going to chalk that up as one. So let's go with the other four games right. maybe. So if you go three and one in those other four. You have really helped yourself. Your resume looks because, spectacular be, going into conference Because arguably play. Florida is a top 10 team. Yes. Um, UCLA is a top, what, 15-ish, Depends 20-ish? on who's in Chinese prison. Who's getting shackled and caned in China? Um, Xavier obviously is, is a top fifteen team. I mean, and and um, and Iowa is at least a solid team. Well, I mean, Iowa is going to be really interesting to me because they lost their their go to guy in Peter Jock, who graduated, but everyone else on that right. team returns. Now they've got an injury uh, that's going to keep one of their guys out for the next four to five weeks, so you see, won't see him. But I mean, that's a pretty good Iowa team. I think they're kind of being looked at as a sleeper in the Big Ten because they've got a lot of guys back. Yeah, no question. All right, let's just let's go with the let's go with three and two. That's probably fair. Um, I think three and two would be right. Um, and and they do what they're supposed to do in the league, and and maybe that's split home and home with Wichita. Um, I'm thinking fifteen and three in in the league. Okay, so twenty six so, and five and twenty six and five with a three and two record in that stretch. I'm going to throw Mississippi State out because they're not going to help the resume. They're not going to hurt it. They're yeah, just they not going to help it. Top one hundred, but they're not going to be maybe. But yeah, not going to be enough to really make you go wow. But three and two, three and whatever. Yeah, three and two or two and two of those other games um, set you up. If that's the case, is this a four seed? Three or four? Because we saw last year the conference got ding. Wichita hey, helps it again. What we've talked the, the middle of the conference split, has to be. We're better. talking about when you go fifteen three, you got to at least split with Wichita. Right? Yeah, 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 yeah. The middle of the conference has to be better. It has to be. You well, can't, and it comes down to winning a couple big non-conference games for a lot of those teams, right? Because yeah. they're not getting a bunch of opportunities in the non-conference when right. you look at some of their schedules. So, it, like for some of those teams, it's literally going to come down to do they games. win one or two non-conference games to give themselves a chance to have a good resume. Yep. I mean, you look, you, you look at last year. I mean, if you if, they didn't if, win any non-conference games, correct? It was SMU and Cincinnati, and that was it. Correct, correct, and that was just the, that was that was a killer. And then SMU and Cincinnati paid for it in the long run, big time. No they got, question. Both of them got docked at least a seed line, maybe two. Yep. Yeah, and, right. And both of them got bounced because they were in tougher games than 
the resume allowed them to be. Yeah. So yeah. so fair expectations for UC fan is what a, a five seater better, four seater better. I think so. Yeah. I think like with this roster, you've got to put yourself in a position to make the second weekend. Agreed. I, and I and think that's that, and I think that's a fair expectation, not yes. a hope. That's a fair expectation. Yes, because I mean yeah. this. I mean, this Look, is a Sweet 16-level team that should get to the Sweet 16. This is Mick's most talented Correct. team. I, I don't think there's any question to that. I'm, I'm a big fan of the team that had Kashmir Wright and Deion Dixon and Sean Kilpatrick and Jaquan Parker and Yancey Gates. Well, guess what that team did? They went to the Sweet 16. Right. And they beat the ACC champion to get there. Right. This team has, has lofty expectations for a reason. It's a really talented roster. There's depth. They're too deep at every position. And you've set yourself up from a schedule perspective yeah. to, to help, help yourself. yourself. Yeah. Right. No question. I mean, that's that's what they, you know. I, I And I'm not, you know me, like, I'm not a big, like, expectations guy. But, and Rick will attest to this, like, Xavier has cycled through a couple times where you hit that roster and you're like, man, five guys that can score, everything kind of, the year that they were top ten in the country all year, everything kind of fit. Well, that doesn't last forever. Gary Clark and Kyle right. Washington are going to be gone. And you're looking at Nizir Brooks and Trey Scott and and Aliel Sosemi and, and Mamadou Diara. I like the talent of those guys, but Gary Clark and Kyle Washington but, are known. But, but this, I say, this is proven talent. This yeah. is this is known. I think the bottom with, with some up and comers like a Cumberland absolutely. who you're expecting to take that next absolutely. Step. I think the bottom line is as fans of Xavier and UC around here. All of those people want to believe their program's taking the next step and going to, at some point, be that elite program that's you know always in the Sweet 16 and Elite 8 and everything else. And, and they've certainly made strides, and they're, they're very good programs. But at the same time, to your point, cyclical. when you get the opportunities like this where you have the chance to be special, you got to take advantage of them. Yeah, I, you know? I mean, I, you and, really and I, have to take to advantage that, I think of a them. fair expectation for Xavier and UC every year is that they're NCAA tournament team. Absolutely. I think that's of a course, fair expectation. Yeah. But then... Above and beyond that, it's not always a fair expectation. Oh, that should be a sweet 16. That's really hard. It's Whether you fair like enough. it or not, that's really hard. But when there is that expectation like there is this year, you have to, I mean, it, it's fair to say it. You got to pounce. Correct. Absolutely. Correct. Uh, let's move on to uh, to the Xavier Musketeers. Rick, um, their, their non-conference schedule, they've got some return games. But uh, for them, they get out Wisconsin. Um, they get Baylor in the Cintas Center. Obviously, UC in the Cintas Center. Return game with, with with Colorado. There's no real one stretch. They got a couple games in Vegas as well. There's no real one stretch, but there's not a lot of not a lot of weak links, for lack of a better term. Outside of you know, you get the Moorhead State and Ryder to start it, but there's not a lot of there's not a lot of off nights in the non conference. No, there, there's not. I mean, I think it prepares you fairly well for the Big East in the sense that it's there aren't any off nights there. Uh, you know, except for when you played DePaul and Georgetown right. this year. Um, so it's you got to be on every night, but the, the big thing is you're playing Wisconsin so early in the season on the road. What a test that'll be for a team that is experienced and does have high expectations, and a Wisconsin team that's replacing a lot. Right, but I mean, regardless, you go to Wisconsin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You but know, I'm saying you're getting them early. You get a, you've got a chance. You got yeah. a chance to get a big win. Th- obviously, th- th- that becomes a resume builder. The more Wisconsin season goes along. Right, correct, sure. But but it's all. But it's also, I mean, a legit road test right. for for this type of team and a chance to show, hey. We're we're legit. We're here. We're ready. We don't need a whole lot of time to get going. Or you know, it's possible we find out. Hey, the Savior team still has some things to work on, and they're not where they where they left off at the end of last season. I, I, I'm I'm curious. I want your thoughts on Tom Crean's decision to make Xavier his national champion. I, I mean, For those, Tom Crean hates Xavier. 
Yeah, I mean, well, I think more specifically, he's not fond of the coaching staff right now. Okay. Yeah. Is that putting extra, like, is that his way of, like, well, putting sure. crazy expectations on them? Sure. I think, and, like, fans will be like, oh, come on, why would he care about Xavier that much? And why would people care about his predictions he's that much? Psycho. The biggest thing is, I think it's more a personal thing of just a wink and a nod at, at Chris Mack. Just like Chris Mack wearing the Big East pullover. I, I mentioned this on the message board to the Dayton game. It's like a thing of like, yeah, I'm winking and a nod. And, and to Crane's credit, look, if Xavier is good, which they have a chance to be, he, he looks like smartest a, guy, right? He's he the smartest like guy in the room. He looks like a genius if they're right. in the Elite Eight, you know, and they're right. playing the Elite Eight game. They talk about, oh, remember when Tom Crane picked him to be in the National Championship? And then when they struggle midway through the year or they lose early, he gets to talk about Chris Mack not living up to expectations. We're, we're really going to have to watch him on TV all season, aren't we? Yes. Yeah. But what, he's not bad on TV, What's though. his role? Do we know? I don't. Analyst. Studio, studio analyst. Studio yeah, analyst. I don't think okay, he's game. not doing games? He may, but I don't think he is. Pretty sure he's a Primarily studio a studio analyst. Yeah. So No, it was, it was a little, little wacky. I, I, it's one of those ones I was scrolling through everybody's final four. I went, whoa, I got gotcha. you. Champion, see Xavier. Yeah, I know. I got gotcha. you. I see you, guy. All right, so what's a fair expectation non-conference then for, for, for Xavier, Rick? To me, I think it's two losses. I, I think for as a Xavier fan, that's what you're because it is very right. Wrong. It's 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 because a lot of these are returns, but it's very home oriented in the non conference. Yeah, for for the most part. I mean, obviously, you have the Baylor game there, you have the UC game there, you have the Colorado game. So those are the big ones. Um, having to go at Wisconsin and you maybe play a tough game. I mean. I don't know that Kansas State is going to be considered tough this year or Arizona State, depending on who wins that. But you're going to play a, a neutral site game against a high major opponent, at least, um, when you're in Vegas. So, yeah, I mean, you definitely have it favored being at home as much as they are. But I think two losses is sort of where you set the bar as a fan. That's reasonable, an expectation. They do worse. You say, eh, you didn't perform as well as you would have liked. They hit that, you say, position you expected to be. You do better than that, and now you're really looking at, hey – Let's try to lock up a two or three seed. What what two great trips? UC's yeah, going to the Cayman Islands and X is going to Vegas. How about that? I think I'd take the Cayman Islands. Probably, but I mean, Vegas is Vegas. Yeah, yeah. but it's a it's a quick Vegas trip though. It's only a two. It's only a really a two dayer. Yeah, UC's got a, a three dayer, so they'll probably be there yeah, for five, four or five. five. Right, right. Yeah. Okay. I'll go Cayman. Yeah, I'll go Cayman. You always go Cayman over Vegas. <laughs> All right, so let's go. Let's go with two losses. I think that's probably fair. And as I look at it, I'm 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 having a hard time trying to find that they would lose two. But it's it's that's a fair fair number. Then you get to the league, and and it you know it could vacillate wildly from what thirteen and five to to eleven and seven, ten and six because the league is so or ten and eight rather because the league is so hard. But but overall, let's just go with the two the two non conference losses. What does Xavier finish with seed wise going into the tournament? Yeah, I mean, and, and at least they can't stumble in the in the, in the league. But you're going to help yourself in the league more than I think you're going to hurt yourself. Yeah, I think you'd like to be two games above 500 in the league. But if you get to that 10 and eight mark, you feel pretty good about it. Right. Um, in terms of seed line, I think it's fairly similar. Like I think if you look at Xavier, you've got to your expectation has to be like a five seed, a six seed at worst, um, maybe a notch or two below that UC team, but they're, they're right there in the same spot. Like I think you're thinking, get a protected seed, get a, get a top three or four seed. If you have a great season and if something goes wrong or someone's injured or you hit a bad stretch, well, then you're hoping that you at least get that five or six was where, where you kind of set the bar. Yeah. Um, national championship is a little far fetched, but, but is the expectation level, 
um, the second weekend, or is that would that be a, just a nice feather in the cap and almost like last year of oh wow, look what they did. I think it's a second weekend team. I mean, if you have Trayvon Blewett, who's on pace, going to be probably the second leading all-time scorer in your school's history. Um, you've got J.P. McCara, who's going to be one of the better wings in, in school history as well, on the same roster to go along with an incredibly talented sophomore point guard in Quentin Gooden um, and a really nice freshman class. I mean, they're not super deep, and there are some questions in the post, obviously, but... Yeah, I think you have to expect this team to be a second weekend team at Xavier. And, and touch on Trayvon's health for a second, because obviously that that was a little bit of a concern here in the in the in the preseason. Yeah, I mean, I don't know what his status will be, you know, for this first game against Moorhead State and, and even Ryder, which I don't think it'll matter too much in either game. Right. But he's. It sounds like he's he's healthy, and he, he we I know he at least got back to shooting, which is a good sign because you know he had the non contact injury. So in his shooting shoulder. Right, and you just worry if they're being quiet or hiding something sort of like it was with Edmund early on last year where you didn't really hear anything. Right. You thought it wasn't serious. And then turns out he had tore his, tore his labrum. So um, I don't expect this to be that serious. All right, let's touch on, uh, on NKU for a second. You and I talked with John Brandon, the head coach last week. Um, they have a nice couple of interesting tests for them in, in the, in the non-conference one, in which we think they might be able, it may not be favored, but, there's a, there's a decent chance they, they can beat Memphis. That's a tough place to play. And I, the only thing that, that is interesting to me about Memphis, and I think they're going to be terrible, but this sets up like a tubby team. Just grind it. Just grind, and they yeah. all, all of a sudden they've got 20 wins, and you're like... How did that happen? Yeah, like the team in Texas Tech you had a couple years sure. ago, where that team was... There was not very much talent on that team, but he didn't have any jerks. He didn't have any egos, and they grinded out a bunch of wins. Maybe that happens. I still think they're going to be terrible. But that's the only like thing I've got paused with at Memphis is Tubby, for some reason, when he has ragamuffin groups like this, actually coaches them up. He just doesn't coach well when he has really, really talented right. teams. Because he has to deal with a lot of the stuff that he doesn't want to deal with. Yeah. <laughs> True. It is. It kind of is a Tubby team. Like, like get- who the hell is on their roster? What does that team consist of? <laughs> and, and their other, uh, other non-league test, and they're not winning this game, is, is at Texas A&M. But it... it it does set up for them to at least probably have a have a pretty solid record and probably some pretty good confidence going into the Horizon League. It is, a, as we know, a one-bid league, but there's also the chance if NKU doesn't win the conference tournament that if they somehow win the regular season, um, which is plausible, that they would play in the NIT. If they don't, they could play at least in one of the other postseason tournaments. So I, I think it's a fair expectation that they play somewhere in the postseason, correct? Yeah, I think absolutely. I think that's the next, the expectation for this program. Believe it or not, this soon in right. in their history. I mean, it's fair to say that after what they did last year and what they have returning. And we said it before last year's season, we knew that freshman class had the chance to be special. Yeah. And when you add three, four guys who can all make a difference immediately in your program and be ready to go as sophomores – and that goes in addition to a player of the year type of guy, Drew McDonald, a couple upperclassmen transfers that you've been able to infuse the program with. Yeah, you're in that spot where you're expected to to be a postseason type team. And obviously in a one-bid conference, that's not necessarily the NCAA tournament. But I think if you look at the non-conference, there's some other tests outside of those two high major games you mentioned. But it's still possible they only lose two games right. in this non-conference slate. Right. Right. It'll be interesting to see how they handle expectations not even expectations but being a target like in some of those other the mid-major mid-major games that's a team that made the tournament right like that's a team if we win we can kind of that's a notch on your belt yeah yeah so uh, that's always interesting when you see a, a, a young team like that i think 
you know, Florida Gulf Coast went through it a lot after their Dunk City year. Mm. And that was a lot different because they made a run. Right. But they came back to earth a little bit for a year or two, and then they they, they got back on track. But I think that's a, that's a tough deal, man, when, you, when you're, you've been the upstart, you're the young, you know, hey, hey, it's little brother, you know. And all of a sudden, that first year you're eligible, boom, you win the conference tournament, you're in, now you're marked. You know, there's not any. There's not going to be any Horizon League games they go into where that opponent is sleeping on NKU. No, not at all. And I think for that reason, like it's going to be tougher to see those te- last ten minute comebacks. You yeah. know, against some of those teams like they had last year. Last year, it felt like they were sneaking up on teams and just stinging them left and right down the stretch. Yeah. And it came as a surprise to a lot of people, even though we had been talking about it for months. But like a lot of people did not see it coming right. the way it played out. So yeah, we're smarter than most people. Obviously, obviously. Uh, let's touch on Kentucky's non-conference. Um, it, it is a mixture of there's like a lot three, of good games are up. There, there's three really tough games. There's there's a Virginia Tech, which I'll put in the next tier, and then there's a bunch of slop. Just a bunch. I mean, there's some really good games. What what other games are up? They're- They've got, uh, I believe. Hang on, Kansas is a neutral. Um, UCLA is a neutral. Um, Louisville is at Rupp, Virginia Tech is at Rupp, and that's pretty much it that's at Rupp. So there you go. I think Buzz is going to have a pretty good team. Because West Virginia is in Morgantown. Um, so it, it's just, but it's just, it's it, supposed to go to that, but they didn't get the tickets in time. To that's the, sold out. The game in Morgantown? In like two Oh, seconds. I can believe it because you got a lot of people. Yeah. By a lot of, a chunk of Kentucky fans making that, that, I, that, that I, track I was, for, I was, for sure. There was plans. For me to go to that, but it didn't happen. Now they do play. They do play Kansas on a neutral really early. In fact, uh, next Tuesday, as a matter of fact. So that and watch out for both games on either side of that Kansas game because you know traditionally you play a big game like that, you look for maybe a letdown on either side. Both teams that they're going to play Vermont, Vermont, and East Tennessee State yeah. are both capable low yeah. mid major type programs that could. And that's who East, East Tennessee State opens up with with NKU t- uh, tomorrow. Or NKU opens up with East Tennessee State playing tomorrow. against some good guards and wings. And we, you know, we've talked about UK's struggles to possibly shoot the ball. If they get into a three point shooting contest, and one of those teams get hot. It, Vermont's always got dudes that can yeah that can shoot. You don't want to sleepwalk through either one of those games if you're the Cats. All right, so let's let's go just a, a lost number in the in the in the non conference. The Kansas game, I think is going to be very difficult because it is so early and this team still is a major, major work in progress. Well, and, and Kansas has Devontae Graham. Yeah, I mean, they, they've got a the backcourt that is is very impressive, and they've got wings. I mean, they've got wings, they've got a backcourt. They don't have a proven frontcourt at this point, but it's still going to be enough to be one of the best teams in the country. So, all right, so that leaves you then with the, really the four tough non-conference games, which would be Virginia Tech and Rupp, UCLA in, on a neutral in New Orleans, Louisville and Rupp, and, and West Virginia and Morgantown. Is, is two and two fair, or is three and one possible? Four and zero oh would seem to be a stretch. Two and two, I think, is probably fair because I, I mean, I West Virginia, I think, gets them in Morgantown, and, and I think one of Virginia Tech or um. UCLA or Louisville? UCLA. I don't think Louisville gets them. Even if, even if they end up one and three, I don't think it's a huge concern with this team. Like, there's a lot to okay. work through All for right. this team. All right, so one and three, but I'm going to tack the Kansas loss onto that. That's one and four in your five hardest non-league games. With not that's look, not good. No, it's the, not good the, for the, the resume. League, the league but, is going to be better. Well, that's where I'm going with it. The league is going to be better, it? but it, but it's not going to boost your resume a is ton. It? Yeah, I think is it's going it? to be better. When you got some of the bottom tier teams that are better, well, it's going to make the league better. Uh, uh, we, they they also got dropping like flies, bruh. They also got a few more 
team, uh, a few more teams in the tournament than we expected last year. I think they end up with six, right? And we were talking about yeah, three, maybe only three or three four. Or yeah, four. Right. They end up with six in, and they made a bunch of noise in the tournament. So maybe the conference. I don't like basing. Oh, a conference is good because a couple teams made Correct. a run that were unexpected. But like, I think it's clear South Carolina was better than anybody. Yeah, but they're going to be dreadful this year. No question. But again, I I think maybe we've underestimated the SEC a little bit in the past. I think it's going to be solid, but. At end of the day, UK's seeding never really matters because, one, they're going to get bumped up a couple spots because they're UK, because they're an elite school, because they have all the talent. And, and then, two, if they're a nine seed, they're, they still can be They're still one. dangerous, they, right? They can make a run from the eight seed, the nine seed. Well, we've seen them do it before under Cal with this one-and-done stuff. So you just don't worry about their resume like you do a Xavier or a Cincinnati. So a projected seed for them really honestly could be anywhere from, from a six to a, to a two or a one. I don't, I, one would be very hard one, for I me. One, I would be I, Yeah, I would too. But three to six is what I would say. Yeah, and, and it's a, a fair expectation. And obviously a and fair expectation. Well, hell for a Kentucky fan, a fair expectation is the final four. But I, I don't see this as a final four team. And, and, and maybe they convince me differently when the season goes along. I mean, there's a possibility this is, this is the team of two years ago that goes out on the, on the first weekend. Not the first day, but the first first I think weekend. I, it comes down to Kevin Knox, I think, for me. Is Kevin Knox I, – I, I love Kevin Knox as a four. If he can be a three, and against some lesser competition, he looked pretty good as a three. If he can be a three, it changes the dynamic of that roster – all of a sudden, you don't have a log jam of guys. Right, you've that, got yeah, you've got a, you've got a little bit better substitution pattern when yeah. it comes down to it. Um, if he if he struggles with that at the highest level, I think they struggle because I, I think if he can't do that, then they're going to struggle to score. I think it's going to come down to matchups for them. Like it's going to be one of those teams where they can win, obviously beat anybody in the country because of their talent level, and they very well may be able to string six games in a row together and make right. that type of run. But if they play the wrong team. That zones them the right and way. They don't and make shots. The which ball they, which and there's no guarantee. Although they sh- they shot it in the exhibition better than I thought they were going to shoot. Yeah, it. And, and Quade Green shot better. Yeah, he than, really did. Yeah, we talked about reputation. him last week. So yeah. that's another plus if he can stretch the defense as a scorer. Yeah. yeah, but I mean, it's possible second round they get popped or you know whatever. So yeah, I think I think you're right on with that. Okay, right, let's go to, uh, to 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 picking the leagues real quickly. Um, and, and there's a lot of question marks around the country. Let's we'll start with the local leagues. Obviously, we'll start with the American. We talked about this a couple weeks I think ago. They tie. Um, Xavier and UC, or I no, mean, Wichita, Wichita State, and UC, Cincinnati. and UC, I think they tie. 15 15 three. three apiece, split, home and home, and then lose a couple others somewhere along the way, which happens. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Simple enough for you. I've got UC. I'm going UC as well. I, there's a lot of love for Wichita, but but I I think this is a really good UC the, team. The key for Wichita is going to be how quickly Marcus McDuffie gets back because right. he adds an element that they don't have without him. Uh, Larry Shamit. I know his name's Landry, but as a uh, as first, time, first time I've said that, I think I've said this on this podcast. But as a rookie hazing, as initiation into the league, he's he's going to be called Larry. Larry. Oh, yeah. Larry. Yeah. Um, all right. Let's let's look into the, to the to the Big East. Um, I, I have a hard time projecting Xavier to win it, Rick, but but I know they'll be probably in the mix at some point. Uh, could, could the could the winner of this league have five losses? No, no uh, Villanova is no not going to lose losses. five games. Okay. If you pick anyone other than Villanova to win the Big East at this point, you're an idiot. Like just straight up, until someone beats them, I don't care what their roster looks like or how talented they are. And by the way, they're the most talented team in in the league this year, yep. and they're, they're expected to win it. But even when they aren't, if that happens at some point. You should still pick Villanova to win this conference until proven otherwise. 
I, I'm going to say that, and I know this won't be popular because I think in terms of like pro potential, this is wrong. But in terms of like college player, I think Jalen Brunson's the third best player in the league. Okay, so obviously Trayvon is one. Is Delgado your yeah. second? Yeah, I mean that's that's fair. Uh, like I, I, I love Delgado's a walking double double. Like yeah, 15, 20, and, 15 20 and thirteen, 13 yeah. is like a, a standard night for him. I love Jalen Brunson. I think at times he might be the best player in the entire country um, with what he does and, and how he leads a team and and all the intangibles that go with how good he is and how skilled he is. Tough to argue anyone's better than Delgado or Blewett, though, at the college level. Right. I mean, all three of those guys mean so much to their teams. It's yeah. ridiculous. All right, in the SEC, is it just a two-horse two race, Kentucky and Florida? I think Texas A&M deserves some, some mention. Um, I think Florida wins it. I kind of do, too. And, and not, not because they're better than Kentucky. I think Kentucky's more talented. I just think Kentucky will have more slip-ups along the way yeah. while they're figuring things out. I agree. And I think Florida's got to, you know, especially when Johnny Bonu gets back and gives them that shot-blocking, you know, big rim-protecting guy in the middle. They've got two really good guards. Uh, Choiza is – that when UC plays Florida, we'll have fun talking about that because that Choiza versus Kane Broom matchup so easy gets after you defensively. That's going to be really interesting to see. Um, Kevon Allen, I really like. I like how that Florida roster is constructed. I, I agree. I think Florida wins the SEC. I, I think a little bit of the fun. And Mike White's really good. Yeah, I think he's doing a good job. But I think a little bit of the fun in this conference got ruined potentially with what's going on in Alabama and, and Colin Sexton. Uh, I'll take my final take. <laughs> All right. I'll take my final take. But. I think either way, I think they had a chance to maybe compete for the top two or three teams in this conference. As and you know, Colin Sexton was my favorite player in the country in this class. Yeah. I don't think he was the best, but he was my favorite. And so, he's one of the top five. So if they don't get him back and it's not looking he's ineligible. great, then yeah, I mean, indef yeah. indefinitely. I mean, there's still the possibility that he gets reinstated. But assuming he doesn't, that really just takes away any chance they had at seriously competing. Correct. Uh, we're not going to touch on, on the mid-majors other than the horizon because NKU is, is, is in it. Oakland's obviously really, really good. I know you like UIC, Rick, but is it is it down to Oakland and NKU for the regular season champ? Yeah, and quite honestly, I mean, if Oakland doesn't win this conference this year, it's – Somebody got hurt or something It's on happened. them. Yeah. yeah. Well, and there's, there's a possibility that locker room is dysfunctional or whatever because, like, there's a reason some of these guys – didn't end up working out at their prior schools. And, and there is only one basketball. And they also flamed out early last year because right. it seemed like things weren't quite clicking while they were still very talented. So Yeah, the final three weeks for them of the regular season, there were some just... Weren't great. Yeah, were awful. Yeah, they're a matchup team too. Like They run into some teams that give them problems. NKU wasn't one of them last year, but some of the other teams in the conference were. UIC might be one of those teams because of their athleticism and shot, um, and shot blocking yeah. ability at the rim. <laughs> It'll be interesting to see how that plays out, but yeah, I think Oakland has to be the favorite. For you, probably Oakland. I'm, I'm, you know what? I'm going to go Northern. I'm going I'm to go Northern because I I think there are some issues you could see with Oakland. Um, Oakland's probably but pure talent wise. Top of the roster, Oakland is yeah. more talented. I, I, I'll go out on a limb and say not only do I think top to bottom, NKU has a better overall roster, NKU has a better coach. There's that. There's that. You better not. Hey, taking shots at Greg Campy, all the national writers are going to be tweeting mean things about you. That's their guy. Have you ever heard a single. Like, it's the hair, man. Has, it's got to be the hair. Has any even no. minuscule slight ever been thrown at Campy? I mean, I just did. 
other than that <laughs> sentence that you just uttered? Because he is like the most universally loved coach, I think, ever. Probably. I mean, yeah, it's the hair. It's up there. It's got to be the hair. It's definitely that's all up I can, there. That's all I can say. Let's look at some of the major conferences around the country. Let's start with the uh, the ACC. Um, take a stab. You got a dartboard? Boom. I, I, here's the thing. If you told me any of those top five teams were going to win this conference, I'd, I'd, I'd agree with your argument, but it's more because I could be talked into any of the other four having a major issue. You've talked about Duke's roster construction before. Like, yes, they're the most talented, but you could see issues with that team and the way they're put together. Absolutely. And the one thing I think the reason I would pick Duke, um, one, I think Marvin Bagley is the most talented player in the country. And two, Trayvon Duvall finally gives them a point guard that that they haven't really had in the past since Tyus Jones. Yeah. Um, Those two alone, I think – on a night in night out basis, can push them to a to an ACC title, but it's not you're not. I don't think you're going to see a seventeen and one, sixteen and two ACC title. I think you're fourteen and four or or worse. You know, thirteen and five, whatever it may be. I don't think you see anybody run away with that thing. No, it, it's going to be brutal. I, I think um, looking like even Notre Dame. If you told, they could be a sleeper for Bonzi sure. Colson might be the best team in that conference, or the best player. Best, player best excuse me, best player in that I conference. Love that kid. He's the size of a team, but yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's he's six four maybe. Right, maybe. But they've. I mean, they've got a solid roster, yeah, and I, I like the way he coaches. And then um, I tell you what, the team that I'm actually picking to win the conference that I don't think you'll see a lot of people say. I love this Miami roster. Now, had the the stuff not happened with Jim Laranega, I'd feel a lot better about it. But none of their players have been ruled ineligible. It's not like their roster has been changed. I don't know how much they really care about what's going on with Jim Laranega and and what issues he might face down the road. This current roster is really talented. Bruce Bruce Brown is is a really good coach. I mean, he he wears velour tracksuits. Yes, that's a big reason. I'm I've been I know you're all in. on. I've been very in on Jim Laranega ever since I saw him wearing an all black velour tracksuit. Good on the A. Oh, like he went in the Wayback Machine, but it was (laughs) fresh. They they were like, hey, coach, uh, we haven't got your new stuff in. Hey, if you want anything out of this old closet he's like actually these four will work just fine don't leave it <laughs> don't, don't order, 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 order any stuff leave the other stuff on layaway my man i'll take these floor tracksuits from the 80s right here who do you like i went to you went to i went to stay with it just despite maybe the- despite i i have some issues with their roster but i said it from the day i watched marvin ba- the first time i watched marvin bagley that's a generational talent that dude at 611 he just moves and has skills that you don't naturally have at six foot eleven, and 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 Trayvon Duvall is phenomenal. I've I've been a huge fan of his for a long time. Um, just talent wise, I think over the long haul, I think they have the most. Even though they have some things I I, I worry about on their roster. If I was going to go somebody other than them, I think I'd go Notre Dame. He's big Marvin Bagley guy in this class. Once once that on the record. Lonnie Walker is that guy for me, yeah, the freshman going Lonnie to Miami. Yeah. I think he had the stuff at times when I saw him to be legitimately like the number one player in the country. And he's not player 13 on the list either. He is not, as far as we know. As far as we know. Yeah. Um, and you pair him with Bruce Brown, who's like a legitimate yeah. All-American. I love that backcourt. No, I, I feel you. Uh, those three, I think, are the top three, Duke, Notre Dame, and Miami. But I tell you what, like... 
And there's another group right after that that's not far behind. But, I mean, if you tell me Carolina is going to repeat as national champions... It's not off the wall. It's not a crazy they thing. Don't, they don't have the inside game. I, that's what made them... So, they just kicked your ass on the glass last year, and they don't have that this year. I totally agree, but once they get old uh, Street Fighter back from his uh, Madden injury, <laughs> he, he uh, he's one of the best point guards yeah, in the yeah, country. Yeah, difference maker. You yes. add Cameron Johnson, who's already and, been a and, proven three-point yeah. sniper in that league. But yeah. they dominate the glass like that's their thing, and they just no don't question. have that size this year. But it's also kind of interesting like what happens if yeah. they have to play a little Faster, more small yeah. under Roy. Yeah. It, it's interesting to me, at least. All right, in the Big Ten, is it Michigan State's to lose? Yes, yes, 100%. If they do not win the conference this year, it's it's a major upset, I think. Ohio State's down, Indiana's down. Wisconsin is replacing some stuff that's going to be, I think, take some time. Iowa, like we talked right. about, but kind of a sleeper, but they're not going to win that conference. Maryland? I mean, I think you've really got kind of a cluster with Minnesota, Northwestern, and Purdue after, yeah, I was after Michigan State, and they're a – a decent separation between yeah. that three and Michigan State. I th- Maryland might be up in with that group of three or just right below it. But I think Maryland's going to be one of those teams that people either are really high on or are really down on going into the year. And it's going to be one of the two. Like, I don't see them being average. It's fair. Um, Purdue is probably the second best team in that conference. And. Yeah, I mean, the, I, I don't think, love Purdue. I think Minnesota's actually, I've seen them as ranked as high as like top 15. Yeah. I'm not buying I'm it. I'm not either. I but, have too much inconsistency from Richard Pitino teams maybe, for me. Maybe Crip Keeper can help the kid out behind the scenes. <laughs> I mean, it's possible. Maybe. maybe. Maybe that'll be a difference maker. Uh, let's go to the Big 12. Kansas is the favorite, but can, can West Virginia, will West Virginia push them? Will they push them? Sure. West Virginia will probably be in the mix. Here's the problem with West Virginia. I just always think that style has such a limited upside. They'll win a lot of games, and even if they win the conference, like I don't view them as the conference's best team or a legitimate threat in the NCAA tournament. So I don't know how you feel about that, but to me, I just about don't even... The same, and they've had some injuries and some, you know, the SL mod suspension. Yeah, academics with yeah. them. And- their, their roster, one of the things that Huggins has really done when he's gone to this press Virginia stuff is he's playing 13 dudes right. and he's doing hockey line changes. And I don't think he's going to have that ability this year. So, so are they able to go as, as full out with the press that they have in years past? We'll see. Um, Kansas has won what? 28 they've big 12 won, they, titles in a row. They've won it since Naismith was there. Yeah. Brought yeah. the rules there. Yeah. So, I mean, if you don't pick Kansas, you probably need your head check because every year everybody tries to be right. smarter than right. Oh, this is the year somebody's going to get Kansas. No, it's not. Kansas is going to win that regular season title. Iowa State's not very good this year. They're they're you know they lost Monte Morris. They're probably going to be awful. Yeah, they're going to. I mean, they were a six man team for goodness sake. Yeah, and they lost a lot of the a lot of pop off of that. So um, what I mean, it's Oklahoma Baylor, Baylor might be the next best team. Yeah, I mean, I, I know I've heard some people say they think Oklahoma will bounce back after a bad year last year. TCU is yeah. a team on the rise. I know Jamie a lot of Dixon, people. You always have to give credit to. A lot of people think they're going to make the tournament this year, which that's fine. But I don't think that that doesn't that, necessarily I mean, mean you're going to win the league. Or you're sure games. as right. hell not going to right. win the league and compete with Kansas. I don't know that it really makes you a legit threat. Even that 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 really worked out well for Pitt, didn't it? Yeah, uh, Kevin Stallings is already on the hot seat, and, and Jamie Dixon's, and Jamie Dixon's got success. TCU on the yeah. rise. Yeah, that that really worked out well for Pitt. Good decision. I to the Pac-12 where Arizona is the favorite, but but there is there's a couple other there's, contenders. There's yeah three teams here. 
I think I'm going USC. People are really high on this. I U- like what, that USC roster. What, what, go take us, take the listeners through why why is everyone so high on USC this year? They've got balance. They they've got you know it's it's we talked about dunk uh, dunks. Dunk City, that they've got Andy Einfeld, who likes to play that up-tempo. They've got length. I really like Benny Boatwright. Um, they've got some solid depth. I, I Does the FBI stuff right, get in the way with them? I think you have to be a little leery um, on, on every school that's on that list. But like you, I really like Miami. Arizona's dealing with it. UCLA's got three guys about to go to prison in China for 10 years. They just took their morning caning as we speak. (laughs) I think there's, as crazy as it sounds, of those three, there's less drama surrounding a team that was one of the four teams involved in the scandal. That is a hell of a take, and it's not wrong. (laughs) Um, Yeah, I I mean, like, UCLA is going to be good this year, but... Aaron Holiday is going to be really good. Thomas Welsh, they've said he's expanded his range and he's he's out shooting threes now. Their freshmen are pretty solid, but they, like I I don't think people realize how freaking incredible Lonzo Ball was as a college point guard. Yeah, I, I kind of think it it really is kind of a clear one, two, and three in this conference. To me, it is Arizona, USC, and then UCLA, and it's a very clear separation in between each team. Each one, yeah. Let's see how long Raleigh Hawkins is <clears throat> injured. Yeah, I mean that's that's a good point. But even without him, I still think they're probably the most talented team. It's closer, but they're still the best team in the conference. I think. Yeah, and they've got the best coach too. Alonzo Trier is probably off steroids. Um, so I don't no, know, I, I don't know why you think that's necessarily the case. I mean, they stayed in the system for like <laughs> a million weeks last year, wasn't right. it? That's the least of their problems. <laughs> yeah, the steroid. The the NCAA steroids. is done checking for steroids, yeah, my man. Got, We're onto a new scam. Yeah, got, a, got, a, got a bigger fish to fry there, man. I, uh, I think it's going to be close, but I like USC or slightly over Arizona and UCLA. All right, this is impossible to do. We're, we're, let's take a stab at, at, at a Final Four. Oh, it, 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 it's it's just it's really really difficult, but we have to do it. it it's it's a it's a preseason mandate. Everybody does it, so we're doing it too. Izzo's got the talent. You got to have Michigan State in there, right? Preseason. I'm, I'm checking them off. We we'll go we'll go see if we agree, and then we'll see what what our differences are. I think Michigan State's a definite. Yep. Yeah. I, I um, oh God. They'll lose in the first round now. Yeah. yeah. Uh, absolutely. Is is those only Tennessee again? Yeah. Is those only good with those underrated, tough, gritty teams? Right. Um, man, I mean, this is hard this year, guys. It really if is. You like, makes if, you, it hard. if you like Duke as much as you mentioned, how do you not put them in your final? I, I probably would, yeah, just because of those two guys, and um, because you got to pretty much put someone from the ACC yeah, in there yeah. if you pick them to win it. Duke, Michigan State. I think you see it go off the board. I think you do too, but I, it's so hard to pluck somebody from off the board, and that's why. And I, I mean, I'll just touch. Uh, touch on this um, as we mentioned Tom Crean picked Xavier to win it all and they had a bunch of different analysts pick their final fours UC was in in a couple Xavier was in in what more than one wasn't I'm going it? Tom Crean and I'm going Xavier to win the whole thing <laughs> put the pressure you just on want to put the pressure on just keep, <laughs> keep riding him and riding Xavier Xavier fans all, all podcast season long um man but heck maybe maybe this is the year for one of those two teams UC or Xavier Could to be. make I mean, the run it, I think they're both at a peak, because of the way that things are constructed, you know, if you look at next year, like we talked about, I think with Gary Clark and Kyle Washington gone, UC takes a dip, and sure. if Jacob Evans declares for the draft, 
there's a lot of stuff that has him in the the 30s uh, as a prospect for this draft. Then it's a huge change, and Xavier, Blewett, and Makura are gone. That's a completely different look. Yep, and a completely different style. They're no doubt after this year. That's they're going to be a defense. Like yeah, they're a very different team. Yeah. So this is the year for both of them to strike. You know what? Hell with it, Skinny. Duke, Michigan State, Cincinnati, and Xavier. Love it. Coming Love it. strong. Love it. Love it. How about you, Rick? NKU. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I've got nothing that can come much higher Akron. than that. Uh, I think Michigan State is definitely in there. I'm going to say that Sean Miller figures out this is the year. The controversy it, comes, it, yeah, it and is this funny. is the year he finally breaks through to right. the Final Four. Right. That, that, I'm with, I got the same three. And who's your fourth? Do you have a fourth? Did you say? So that was two teams that I've said so oh, far, right? right? Michigan yeah, State, Arizona. Yeah. He won't go with Duke. I went, I went Duke. That was, he won't that was go with Duke. Zero chance, Duke. Um, You're not going to slap the floor for me? No. I, I tell you what. I'm, I'm, Wojo? I'm going uh, Miami. Miami. Yeah. If I, You've got to put an ACC team. If I've got them winning it, then they're in the Final Four. And uh, North Carolina, I'm going to go two ACC teams. I'm thinking North Carolina uh, surprises everybody. I mean, what's this city going to be like when Cincinnati and Xavier meet in the Final Four? Woo boy. Woo boy. <laughs> you, think the, you think the shootout was something, brother? Holy God. You better – there better be a line of demarcation. You've got your own meme, and that's it. <laughs> that's the time to use it. I don't know. All right, I'll go Duke, Michigan State, Arizona. I'm going to go Notre Dame. I, I, you're right. It's somebody off the board. Somebody completely off the board. Ponzi Colson's a monster. I, know, I, I love him. Um, the, the first time I saw him, he hadn't really, like, there wasn't a whole lot of people on him yet because he's a 6'4 power forward. And it was one of the, you just watch him and you're like, dude, he gets everything done. Yep. It doesn't matter that he's 6'4. He rebounds, he, he can shoot, he can handle, he's got some guard skills to him. And, and he's really, even since then, has developed his game even another couple notches. Like that dude, I didn't think he was going to be this good. Yeah. I thought he was going to be really like a really solid rotation guy for Notre Dame. And he's taken it two notches above that. He's fun to watch. Very Draymond ish. Yeah. I mean, there's but, some, but there's six some, four. Yeah. There's differences for sure, but yeah. A lot of similarities in how his game is developed. He's a, he's a Draymond for the college game where you, you know, you can get away with it at six four most All of right. the time. Um, final take time for you, for you, Rick. I'm gonna let. I know where he's going with his. I'm gonna let you go where you want to go with yours. You go oh, over for, to China. What, we're going to China, aren't we? First. Are we going to China? I, I'll go let first. him go first. We'll go to China. Is that second. where we're gonna go with China? With I, don't, I, yeah, I thought you were. I couldn't remember what we said before yeah. the show. Yeah. Okay. Um, I just think it's interesting. Everybody talks about you know the SEC is going to be up. The SEC's on the come. They're they're going to be you know they're going to be better than they have been. Everything's improving. And then you know the best freshman in the SEC gets suspended for cheating. And 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 Bruce Pearl is about to get fired because he's not cooperating with a university right, investigation right before the season starts. Right before the season starts, and it just you know the old SEC adage just comes into play in basketball this time of year. If you ain't cheating, you ain't trying, and uh, not a surprise with some of the coaches that they brought in. And everybody said, "Oh look, they got this guy's really good coach. He cheats his ass off. That's why he's that's why he's had some success over the years." And. Uh, you know, I, I just think it's funny. Well, and, and I think for those that did it, knowing who you brought in and knowing what they do, I think you were trying to keep up with the Caliparis. You were trying to find, and I don't mean from a cheating perspective, I mean from a, a talent perspective. This is what got this Louisville what got, absolutely. sunk. No question. You can't try to keep up with him. Do your own thing. But then Colin Sexton ends up at Kentucky. So <laughs> that, I, I'm really disappointed about that because I freaking love that kid. 
Love that kid. Well, I, I, it just it goes back to to the whole the whole circumstance of 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 everybody is so trying from a talent perspective to keep up with the Joneses and it's, some teams it's Duke just and Kentucky. Can't. You just I mean, can't. No, no, they're the ones that I mean they're going to get three, four, five, five stars every year. Right. They're going to restock their roster every year. It's what we talked about. Like it, it, that's why. What Mick has done to build Cincinnati has been the exact opposite but that, of that. But the, and, and because I, it's piece by piece by piece. You can't and, and build it and that's five where, at a time. Right. And that's where when, when you finally get the pieces, you have to strike in yeah. that circumstance. Because 100%. then it buys you the time to build the next Right. The next group, three, two, three, four years. Yep. And, uh, 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 there's no other. Qu- Everybody wants the quick fix. For some programs, there is a quick fix. For most, there isn't. Right. So it, don't try to do it. Or you end up with the best player in the country sitting out because the the most fun player in the country sitting out because you cheated to get him probably. Yeah. Uh, allegedly. Yeah, allegedly. All right. How about for you, Rick? Well. I don't know which is better, the Georgia Tech or the UCLA. Well, I tell you stuff. what, I'm, I'm going to touch on the Georgia Tech, then I'll let you do last take. Let's do it. You, you mentioned it. Josh Passner at Georgia Tech um, is in some hot water. He's got a guy that that, that is a whistleblower that that really blew a pretty a good dirt whistle. Bag. He's a dirt bag. He's a he's a former drug addict that, that Passner kind of took under his wing. But he is he is naming names. He is naming dollar amounts. He's naming a lot of different things. It's like eight hundred dollars. But he, but he's name. Yeah, you're right. But. The whole thing is comical because tell people how this whole thing started. He the the guy got upset because Josh didn't call him on his birthday. Yeah, essentially they were they became friends way back in the in day Memphis. when that, no in Arizona, 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 Arizona right, when Arizona. Josh was a, a yeah, student yeah, yeah, in Arizona. Right, right. Um, and they've been friends right, ever right. since. And then when things started going really bad at the end for Josh at Memphis, his wife supposedly called this guy. To come out and stay with him. This guy credits Josh Passner for getting him for off saving of drugs, his life, getting yeah. him clean. Right. Um, Josh Josh Passner's wife calls him, says, "Hey, he's been there for you. He really needs someone now." This guy comes around, stays around the program from then on. Came with him to Georgia Tech. Has been around the Georgia Tech program nonstop. Has been giving these people, these players, impermissible benefits. He has receipts for that like $800 or so and and pictures of the guys coming out to his house and says he spent money on them. There's tons of other stuff he says that he can't prove where Josh has given him money in a, in a car before and and other things like that. Um, There's two big takeaways I had for this one. Gary Parrish somehow was able to write this story without subpoena power. Amazing. Like amazing that that was able to happen. And all he had to do was get one disgruntled guy who got basically cut out of the mix because he felt Josh Pastner wasn't being a good enough friend to him and not calling him on his birthday. He called me on my birthday, man. I don't think either of you jerk-offs called me on my birthday. It was like three happy, weeks happy ago. Happy birthday. Yeah, go to hell. <laughs> Get a job. Get a job. And this, guy, you. this guy's ready to squeal, and that's basically all he needed to write the story. I mean, he basically quoted just that guy and his wife and asked for a comment from Pastner, and that's it. Again, guys, this isn't that hard. There are people willing to talk. Now, the other side of it is what Chad said. It's like $800. It's like players getting shoes. It's players getting a flight out somewhere to hang out at a guy's house with a pool. I think I think I think there was a hotel bill involved. Yeah, yeah. But it wasn't it wasn't but anything significant. It, but it's a lot of stuff that quite honestly, I think a lot of journalists one don't really have a huge problem with these kids getting it, which is fine. If you feel that way, tell me you feel that way, but quit telling me I can't write these stories because I don't have subpoena power. And two, I also think you have a bunch of, uh, and I'm kind of surprised because I don't know Gary Parrish's relationship to Josh Pastner, but Gary was pretty close to almost everyone that's been at Memphis and that has coached at Memphis in the past. Yeah. 
I think most of these writers don't want to sever ties, don't want to get on a bad side of a coach because that's where they get a lot of information. They feel like they're friends with these guys. They feel like they're buddies. There's been a lot of information they've been given over the years that they weren't allowed to put out and they've kept quiet. So then they feel like, well, you kind of got to keep this stuff quiet too. I'm a little surprised Gary reported this, to be quite honest, but it, this isn't that hard to do if national guys want to do it. They could do this once a month at least. Yeah, no, I Because there's plenty of people out there. Tell me oh, there's yeah. not. We know. No, we know lots of them. Right. How many of them have we come in contact with over the years? And, and I don't want to be that guy. Look, like I'm straight up telling you, that's not what we do. We, I don't really care about that right. stuff. And it really doesn't bother me when these kids get those benefits. So I get if other people do have but, problems, but that's But the fine. national guy's complaining yeah, that they when, can't, they got, they, when they've got the ability to do something about it. Is there it. a dollar figure that would bother? If you knew a guy was, a kid was getting straight cash money, big time, like Chris straight Weber's $600,000 money, would that bother you? I mean, bother me to what extent? You know what I mean? The like it doesn't af- it. it doesn't affect me. I don't care. Well, that's not what I do personally. Anyways, I, 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 I understand that. Z, I understand know? that. So if I had the opportunity to blow blow a national story of, of a $200,000 transaction for a player, would I do it? Yeah, probably. I mean, I probably would. But but the kid getting a hotel room or a meal yeah, or not whatever. Hookers. A weekend at Bernie's. <laughs> whatever. Yeah. Hookers. Yeah. That, that might get you in a little trouble. Yeah. That, apparently... Getting hookers for 17-year-olds is bad. It's, it's not good. It's not good. Crip Keeper didn't know, though. Remember that. He didn't know. Although, he, apparently, he, he did, did know, know about he money being given to a, to a he player's family. He arranged it. Uh, no doubt. There's no doubt. All right. And Christian Dawkins is singing like a canary. That's all it's going to take. These, these guys are going to sing him up the river. All right. You got one final take, though, because that was kind of a combined final take for everybody. Well, obviously, we have the, the UCLA situation with three players, including LeVar Ball's son, LiAngelo, the middle son. The middle son. Getting arrested. Crappy one. Yes. In China. He might leave him there. For allegedly shoplifting from a Louis Vuitton store in China. In China. Because they're there to play. Uh, Georgia Tech. Georgia Tech, who's also not. How, how good is that? In, how good is that? In an exhibition game. Or in, in the in first game of the season. Game, yeah. yeah, first game of the season. I'm. Because of some takes I've had recently, especially with the NCAA and college basketball, I'm on the verge of looking like conspiracy theory guys. So you I, are. I want to be careful about this, but the Chinese government set this up to 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 get the ball family. Oh no, 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 no! That's not where I'm going <laughs> with this. Am I crazy to think there's a possibility? Lavar made this happen for the reality TV show because he took him and Lamelo nah, both man. went to China I, for a ba- college you basketball don't mess game. with Dude. China, bro. Well, but the guys are just what, being what detained the, in a hotel. The, what's the minimum? Is it three, three to years? ten years. Yeah, that's the minimum. Uh, except that they've only been in a hotel. They've already been released on bail. They've only been held in a hotel room, and it sounds like they're going to fly back with the Probably team. Probably right. So if none of that stuff is happening, and China is pretty much going against everything that law experts say they typically do in these situations. So you think LeVar Ball is conspiring with the Chinese government? I'm going to tell you you're too far out on a limb on that one, dude. I mean, I'm out. Does it have you guys, you guys does, finish the show without Does it me. have to be the Chinese government, or could it be a Louis Vuitton store and a police so, officer that he paid off? Like, you're telling me the crooked, the cops in China aren't crooked? Like, they wouldn't take a payment from LeVar Ball for a reality TV then, show? Then why would he have been arrested? Then you're putting him in the system. Then it's out of that cop's hands. Again, for the TV show. Like, you're telling me that's not getting ratings? Uh, I am absolutely watching this episode when it comes out. I think there's a better chance he goes to prison than, yeah, than it is that this was set up. Okay, if it's and if I don't think he goes to prison, but I think there's a better chance he goes to prison it, rather than this being set up for the TV show. In that case, if it's real, I do appreciate you going on a limb with the take. If it's real, how absurd is it 
to be a taller than six four black dude in yeah. China. Yeah, you're stealing, stealing Louis Vuitton. You're, you're not inconspicuous by any by any stretch. I mean, that's just a wild move, and I don't it, I don't pretend these kids should be smart or or m- not make dumb kid decisions because we all did. Not necessarily all of them were shoplifting at Louis Vuitton stores. Correct in but, China, but you do stupid things occasionally when you're that age. This is one where everyone has to know, like. We can be the dumbest guys alive. This is one stupid thing you just don't do. It's, right, correct. It's way you don't too obvious. Steal anything in China, they might cut your freaking hand off. Yeah, it is. On, okay, so North Korea would be a worse place to do this. But with our current president and the things he's been saying, is there any? He's there. Is there? I know. Is there any place worse to no. do this than China? Trump set it up to get arrested. That's who did it. Trump set it up. And but he's, he's trying. He's trying to get the ball family. Yes. He's it, trying to bring down the big baller brand. We we either that or he's working in cahoots with them. There's that theory I, too. I really thought. I really he, thought for a minute. Well, I'm Trump's probably a stay in your lane guy. Yeah, no question. No question, he is. Um, that hurts my ears when you keep doing that. You can only get one mic drop yeah, per it. podcast. Yeah. I feel I like. I think that was worthy of two. Uh, nah, the first one was worthy. Yeah. Okay. Um. Fine. I. Lavar said that night that he was going to hold a press conference and only one media member was like actually there to cover the event. So I did for a second think that he and Trump might be holding like a joint press conference because oh, Trump was scheduled sakes. to talk that night. You are you are spinning off the crazy train, brother. All right, we will be back next week to talk about the first weekend of college basketball. Look ahead to some pretty good non-conference games coming up for uh, for everybody locally. Um, and hopefully Rick comes comes down off the crazy mountain. You wish that the press conference would have happened. Don't lie. Uh, no, I don't wish that. But thank, thank, thank you for thinking of that. You that don't way. want to see a LeVar Ball Donald Trump press conference? No, my head would explode. It would explode for sure. I'm All just right. saying. All right. All right, for Chad Brendel and crazy man Rick Broering, I'm Richard Skinner. Thanks for being with us on this edition of the Skinny Podcast, the college basketball edition.